0: Thank you for joining us today. Whether you are part of the Lighthouse family, be it on-site, with us weekly or tuning in online, we'd love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Ely. It's on all our social media platforms. I hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Good to see you all. Welcome, big warm welcome for you all, especially if you're online or if you're here for the first time or two. We really want you to be blessed here. You know, I'm so excited because I'm introducing a series about the Holy Spirit as we lead up to Pentecost. And uh, it reminded me when I was thinking about how excited I am, the first time I spoke in public at a a meeting, a Christian meeting is 50 years ago. (laughs) And the, the press were there, it was the Festival of Light or something it was called. There was meetings all around the country. And uh, we were all giving testimonies. And the press were there and they said she was very excitable. (laughs) I didn't know whether to be pleased, but I thought, well, I'm still excitable. 50 years on, still excited about God, still excited about my Christian life. Are we struggling here? Oh, dear. Okay. Is that better? Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit leading up to Pentecost in a few weeks' time. Uh, And I'm just so excited because, you know, in the book of Acts, in chapter 2, we can put that scripture up if we would, please. It talks about how people had their own Pentecost. It was a big celebration. Pentecost was actually, actually called the Feast of Weeks in the old Jewish calendar, And they were all in Jerusalem. Loads of different nations were there to celebrate this festival. And they all had their personal Pentecost. I had mine about 50 years ago, and that's what I was talking about at this public meeting. But it was when the Holy Spirit came to me in a special way. And, you know, he comes to everybody in a special way if we will receive him. Things of Christianity, I'm calling it everybody has something Is for everybody, but we have to receive. You know, I could say to Andy here, do you want a five-pound note? And he could say, yes. And I could get it out of my pocket and wave it at him. And have I given it to him? Yes. But what's he got to do? He's got to receive it. He's got to take it. And the things of the Spirit of God are like that. Salvation is like that, isn't it? God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But we've got to take it. Jesus said, God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. I like that. The good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. But we have to receive the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're talking about these next few weeks. Let's read then from Acts chapter 2. It says, when Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. And that's really important. The all togetherness. Yeah. Yeah. They were all together in one place. This is the time for setting aside the not being together. Let's be together in one place. Suddenly, a sound from heaven like the howling of a fierce wind filled the entire house. Not just the corner where the pastor was. Not just the corner where the holy people were. It filled... The entire house. It was everybody. Everybody got something. Look, they saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. Everybody got something. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. That's what praying in tongues is. We speak in a new language which the Holy Spirit gives us so that we can communicate with God. Our head doesn't understand it but our spirit is speaking mysteries to God. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because, what's that word? Everyone heard them speaking in their own native languages. Everyone heard them speaking in their own language. Somehow, God had enabled them to speak in a way that everybody could understand. And I love that for us today. God speaks to us in our own language. I don't mean French or Spanish or Russian or whatever. I mean our own language. He knows how to get through to us. He knows us. He created us. We're all ever so different. And when you look at the different gifts and the fruits and the ministries of the Spirit, it talks about God giving different things to different people because he knows what we're best at. And what he can do best through us. So we need to receive what he has for us. Yes. It says um, in 1 Corinthians 14 26, when you come together, everyone has something. Everyone has something. Do you know, every time I come to church or to a meeting, I ask God, what have you got for me today? What have you got that I can give away and that I can receive? Yeah, it's not a spectator sport. Church isn't a spectator sport. Church is for us to get involved, to receive personally from Jesus, and to have something for somebody else. It may be simply a kind word. There are people, you know, who become Christians because they found kindness in a church, because people welcomed them at the door and made them feel they were special. And they said, well, you know, if that's what God's like, that's what I want. And we can be like that. We can come to church and say, is there somebody who needs me to encourage them today? The pastor might need your encouragement. He might say, do you know, it was a great service today. Yeah? Simple as that. Or you might have a word of scripture. You might think, you know, you're reading your Bible and you think, oh, I think I'll send a text to Lorraine. She might need that. We do that, don't we, Lorraine? Yeah. I bet lots of you do that. Somebody comes to your mind, you pray for them, and you say, oh, I was praying for you this morning. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, we're going to do a little bit of a a practical application. Who remembers when I was preaching last time, I had a word, a prophetic word, and I said something that had come up on the Tuesday worship evening. Can you remember what that was? It was look out for something unusual that week, yeah, and that we were like Moses with the burning bush, we were to stop, turn aside and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me? Loads of people came to me and said, "Yeah, this happened and that happened, and this is what God said." My nine-year-old daughter in Asia phoned me and said, oh, "Grandma, this unusual thing happened. Let me tell you what God said." She's nine. Yes, yeah, it's, it's for everybody. Everybody has something. But who remembers what the weather was like that week? It snowed heavily and settled in Ely in March. Is that unusual? Did everybody get something that week? Yes. Did you have a think? What What might God be saying to me? Through snow in March in Ely. Yeah? We did in the ladies' meeting. We all sat round and we prayed and we said, Lord, what would you like to say to us about it? You might want to just have a think now. What would God say to you about snow in March in Ely? where it hardly ever snows. Have a talk about it when you get home. We had all sorts of things. We were saying things like, isn't it great when there's a white blanket of snow over, you know how the garden looks a bit ragged, doesn't it, in the, in the winter and then it's all covered in snow and it all looks lovely and pure. Somebody else said that there are some plants that need a, um, a cold spat for them to grow their best. Yeah, and perhaps sometimes God allows difficult things in our lives because it develops something in us that's the only way to do it. Somebody else said about how the seasons overlap, and you just think winter's over, and then you get a slap in the face from winter before spring. But spring is coming, and we said that you know, in God's seasons, spring is coming, even when it feels winter is hanging on a bit. Yeah, There were all sorts of ideas that came. And somebody just said, expect the unexpected with God. And that's true, isn't it, as well? So look out for these unusual things. See what God's saying to you. And it was interesting how when we were all sharing, it all came together. You know, and you might think, Ooh, you know, it feels a bit odd what I thought. But you put it with somebody else's and it all makes sense. And that's where it is when we all come together. Everybody has something and it makes sense. A picture that God wants us to see. So another prophetic word we had on a Tuesday night that I want to share now was uh, we were singing the hymn, This Is My Story, This Is My Song. And as we were singing it, the words came to me, gaps in the story. And how, for a lot of us, there are gaps in our life story. That you may look back on your life and Maybe people have left you, maybe people have died, maybe you didn't get a job you wanted or you were sacked from a job or somebody let you down and there are gaps in your life story and Jesus was saying in this word to us all, he wants to come and fill those gaps because the Bible says he will perfect, complete what concerns us and because we're all different and everybody gets something, lots of different ideas came to me as I was praying over that word. And I'm going to tell you some of them. One of them, the first one, was a thing called Radweld. Do you know what Radweld is? Yeah. yeah. Go on, Paul, tell us what Radweld is. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If your radiator in a car gets a leak, you put this stuff in it and it finds the hole and fills it up permanently. Isn't that great? It's a marvellous thing. And I thought, isn't that like God's love? God can go into our lives. He can find the little hole, the little crack where something went wrong. And there's no time or space with him. He doesn't have to say, oh, right, Lizzie, let's go back 25 years. No, he can do it now. He can fill that gap. His love will find it and heal it. Yeah. So that might work for some people. It might work for the mechanics among us. But how about this one? Knitting. Yeah? Suppose you drop a stitch in your knitting, if you know about knitting, Tracy. (laughs) Yeah? And unless you pick it up, you're just going to lose a whole lot, aren't you? But you know, Jesus knows how to find that lost stitch, that dropped stitch, and pull it back together again. And he might put it back together with a different colour so that you look back and think, oh, it's better than I thought. God can do that. There's also, there's um, a Japanese art called kintsugi which I don't know how you say it but it looks like kintsugi and it's where with a broken pot they'll mend it with gold and silver and platinum so that they're actually celebrating the crack and you look back at the bowl and it's looking better than it ever did and you might say yeah there was a crack but look what's happened to it and isn't that what God does in our lives sometimes you look back and you think Wow, that happened. But look what God brought out of it. You know, some, some rather nasty things happened to me in my 20s and 30s. But they brought me to Ely. Because of those things that happened in my life, I came to Ely. I have been so blessed by living in Ely and by being in this church. But it came out of, it's like the gold seam in a broken area of my life. But we need to, as I said earlier, we need to receive this. We need to let God do it. It's like a child, you know, they've hurt their arm and they won't lift their hand off it to let you put the ointment on. And sometimes we're like that, aren't we, with God? I so, no, no, I don't want to think about it. But there are other times, you know, when God will do like that snowy cover and he'll just cover it in his love. So you look back and it's actually covered. Yeah. I was with uh, a friend one day, I may have said this before, and uh, she was talking about how God, God's love covers a multitude of sins, says that in 1 Peter. And she said she, she made a wedding cake, huge wedding cake. And uh, she was really worried because when it came out of the oven, it was sinking. And she was like, oh, no, I can't. What am I going to do? And she felt the Lord said, just put the icing on it and I'll take care of the cake. Well, can you imagine how, how nerve-wracking that would be when it comes to the cutting of the cake? thinking, oh, is there going to be a soggy mess in the middle? But sure enough, when the wedding came, they cut the cake, and it was perfect. And she said that taught her about God's love covering a multitude of sins. Yeah, that she could leave some of the things in her life life that people had, had hurt. And she could say, I'm just going to let God's love cover it. And we need to be brave sometimes and do that. Say, okay, I'm not going to keep picking it apart. I'm going to let God's love cover it. And in the meantime, he will be doing the healing that you need on the inside. The other story that came to me was, do you remember when um, they were walking through the wilderness and there was bitter water? And uh, they said, oh, we can't drink this, it's bitter. So Moses threw a tree in it. Remember that story? Yeah? And the water was made sweet. And they could drink it. And people say, you know, that's like applying the cross, the tree that Jesus hung on, into the areas of our lives that are bitter memories. And saying, Lord, because you died for me in that situation, because you died for the situation, to bring the resurrection life that we've been talking about and singing about, I'm going to apply the cross into that situation. And I'm going to let you make it sweet. So I look back and it's a sweet memory, not a bitter one. But we have to receive it. We have to say, Lord, I'm going to do it by faith. All these things, this is where we need the help of the Holy Spirit. Somebody's going to be talking about the Holy Spirit as our helper. These might seem impossible to you. Different people are healed different ways so that we have a whole life story. And God will do it the way he wants to for you. The final example I had of that was, uh, have you ever seen them mending dry stone walls in the countryside? those walls that are just made of stones that kind of get together and they're fine and then there's a a break in them and the cattle or sheep could get out so these master craftsmen fix these dry stone walls or you know ancient walls in a way that's really secure and sound and god can do that in our lives as well and just before i go on with what i've prepared i'd just like to pray that Father, I just want to thank you because you speak to us through your Spirit, and that's what we're talking about over these next few weeks. And I want to ask for each person here that where there are gaps in our life stories, that we will let you bring that completion into our lives the way that works for us. And it might be sudden or it might be slow, but we look to you, Jesus, to fill those gaps in our hearts, in our lives, in our memories. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I don't say all that lightly. You know, I've had 50 years of interesting experiences, and God does heal. Okay, so what does the Holy Spirit bring into our lives? Let's have a little look at that. We're going to look at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 3 to 7, where it talks about the Holy Spirit, and the gifts and ministries he brings into the church. There are heaps of passages in Scripture, and we'll be covering them. But um, this is the first one I want to bring. It says, so I want to make it clear to you that no one says Jesus is cursed when speaking by God's Spirit, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So if you've received Jesus as your Saviour, if you're saying Jesus is my Lord, you have the Holy Spirit. But I've said it before that you can have the Holy Spirit like holding a sponge tightly in some water. Yes, the water's in there, but there could be more. And that's the thing with God. That's the thing with Jesus. That's the thing with the Holy Spirit. There could be more. And we could open up and say, okay, Lord, I want more of your Spirit. I want more of you. And I think that's a good thing for us to be saying over these weeks as we lead up to Pentecost. I want my own personal Pentecost. I want more of you, Jesus, in my life. I want your miracles. I want your glory in my life. Okay, so then it says, uh, there are different spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. And there are different ministries and the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. So we're all different. God made us all different. We've all got different gifts and callings, but it's for the common good. What I bring to the church is for the good of everybody, not to exalt me, not for personal ambition. It's for the good of all. Yeah, when Roz and the band lead the worship, it's not so that they can give you a performance it's so that we can all join in and worship jesus so that jesus will be glorified jesus said um my spirit will glorify me because he'll take what is mine and give it to you everything about the holy spirit is to glorify jesus and that's what we are to do with our gifts and callings it can be simple can can be things like administration helps these are gifts of the spirit to the church aren't they When I worked in speech and language therapy, I hated the admin, but I had a brilliant assistant who loved it. She loved photocopying and stapling and collating. And I wanted to get those children in front of me and make them better, you know, help their speech and language. And she's like, oh, I'll get all the preparations ready for you. And she loved it. And I was thinking about how I wouldn't really know how to begin to do that, and I'd get so frustrated and flustered by it. But other people would say, oh, don't, you know, don't give me that to do. I, while I was in, um, in Southeast Asia at Christmas, we did a, um, a retreat and it was my job to speak because I like to speak. But there, were, there was a committee. I was on this committee and they were sorting out the plastic cups and the spoons and the biscuits and the travel and the cars and who did what. And they were loving it. They were like, yeah, let's do this and this and this. And I was drinking a cup of tea preparing my talk. And they were all like, oh, wouldn't want to be doing what you're doing, Lizzie. And it just showed the different gifts that we have to contribute to the whole. Yeah. So God gives us different gifts for the benefit of all. But before we go on to what those gifts might be, let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in tongues of human beings and of angels, but I don't have love... I'm a clanging gong. Yeah. We don't want the gifts without the love, do we? We don't want the manifestations without the love. Yeah. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all the mysteries and everything else and have such complete faith that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give away everything that I have and hand over my own body to feel good about what I've done, but I don't have love, I receive no benefit whatsoever, and nor does anybody else. Yeah. So that's really important. When we go on to talk about the more obvious gifts of the Spirit, the important thing is that we do them in love. Love is the way. Love is the nest. And the same with, um, we go into uh, Galatians five, twenty-two and 23. These are the fruits of the Spirit. And it's like these are the qualities of, of personality and character that God produces in us. So that when he does more kind of miraculous, obvious things, there's a nest that they're coming out of the right heart. Yeah. So Galatians 5 talks about uh, the gifts, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faith, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness. These are the qualities that God wants us to have for the benefit of everybody. Yeah, if we come and we develop those and we keep looking at Jesus, because the more we look like Jesus, the more we become like him. Yeah, we will develop those things and we become more credible. So, let's look at some of those gifts then. Verses 8 to 11 of 1 Corinthians 12. A word of wisdom is given by the Spirit to one person, a word of knowledge to another, according to the same spirit, faith. Do you remember I talked last time about the gift of faith? If you think, oh, I just can't do this, it's not going to work for me, ask God. I was reading last night about a lady who was desperate to believe, and her husband said to her, have you tried asking God to help you believe? And she did, and then she could believe. So if you're here today or if you're watching online and you think, oh, this Christianity is not for me, it's a lovely thing, but I can't do it. Ask God to help you believe. The Holy Spirit will help you believe. He's called our helper. If you feel you can't do some of the things that the Bible asks us to do, that we know are best for our lives, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He's our helper in the practical nitty-gritty of every day and also in the bigger things. Let's just stop a second and do that. Father, I pray for each one here and each one online who's feeling they just can't. I pray for you to give them the grace to believe. Help each one to believe in the area that feels out of reach, that feels impossible. Maybe some people feeling they can't just get through the day, but we can with the help of the Holy Spirit. His mercies are new every morning, strength for each day, bright hope for tomorrow, the hymn goes. Amen. Okay, to another performance of miracles, prophecy, the ability to tell spirits apart, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these things are produced by the one and the same spirit who gives what he wants to each person because he knows us and he wants us all to have the joy of being used. There's a real joy in being used, isn't there? A feeling that God did something in your life through you. To benefit other people. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit gives us power to witness. Jesus said before he went off to heaven, you will receive power. Acts 1.8. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses here and all around the earth. And it happened. They went to the uttermost parts of the earth. They shared it. Well, they didn't. They went to certain areas, and then people, like a relay race, took it to the ends of the earth by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, on that first day of Pentecost, when they'd received the Holy Spirit, Peter, who a few days before had been denying Jesus, preached a sermon and 3,000 people believed. This was the help of the Holy Spirit. This is the, the, the difference the Holy Spirit makes. Yeah, so how do we receive power to witness Three, three things. One, we receive power to live a life that people look at and say, I want to be a Christian. Yeah, that's the fruits of the Spirit, I would say. We receive power to pray. The Holy Spirit, it says in Romans 8, comes alongside us when we don't know how to pray and helps us to pray the will of God. Yeah? So we get the power to, to live our lives in a way that Uh, People want to be Christians. We receive power to pray. And we receive those supernatural things that make the difference. I remember Pastor Jar saying that he was on one of his motorbike trips. And I can't quite remember how it worked out. But he did something that only God could do. And a couple of people said, well, I want that sort of God. Yeah? The supernatural edge to our lives makes all the difference, doesn't it? Okay. The signs confirm The word of God when we preach. Mark 16, 15 to 20 says, He said to them, Go into the whole world and proclaim the good news to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever doesn't believe will be condemned. These signs will be associated with those who believe. They will throw out demons in my name, they will speak in new languages, they will pick up snakes with their hands. If they drink anything poisonous, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus spoke to them, he was lifted up into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God. But they went out and proclaimed the message everywhere. And here it is. The Lord worked with them, confirming the word by the signs associated with them. So the Holy Spirit was doing signs that confirmed the word. We need to pray that. I'm going to pray it now as I finish. I'm going to pray that the Lord will confirm what we've been saying with evidence in your lives. Like like when I said about the unusual thing and there was snow. I don't say it snowed because I said that word. What I'm saying is God confirms his word when we're open to receive it. So just as I finish now, I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to be poured out for you to receive your personal Pentecost. You may have received the Holy Spirit years ago, like I did, but you can have a fresh infilling every day. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you, and I ask for a fresh outpouring for every individual here, every individual online, and on this church. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, come, Holy Spirit, Come, Holy Spirit, to each one. Each one receives something, Lord, today, this week. A mending of their lives. An encouragement, a word, a a sense that you are real. A knowledge of your truth. An uplifting, Lord. Uplifting. Mm, mm. Thank you, Lord. I do believe that God's saying, come up a step come up a step. You've been standing down down there a long while. Be brave and come up a step. Receive the faith you need to come up a step. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we receive you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you to fill our lives with your love, with your fruits, with your gifts. Just in the, in the quietness of this moment, just ask if the Holy Spirit wants to say something to you. And for some, it's going to be like a shaft of light coming in. Just receive it. Just receive it. I believe for a lot of people, when you read your Bible and pray this week, it's going to be much more real. It's going to be like a light shining on it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you that you're meeting with each person. And this week, we're going to see those unusual things that cause us to turn to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.